Hello and welcome to another episode of Something Healthy. Fall is here, baby. The pumpkins are here. The pumpkins have arrived at Whole Foods. They've arrived at Walmart. The glass ornament pumpkins that I don't think anyone really knows exactly what to do with, but I did buy three of them, are at Ross and TJ Maxx and Marshalls. And it is here! And Vladimir Putin is also threatening nuclear war, which is really scary for me, frankly, and also probably, I mean, definitely millions, if not tens or hundreds of millions, definitely hundreds of millions, probably billions of people. Um, But my family lives in Poland, so it's close to Ukraine, and I don't want, I don't want a nuclear bomb to go off near anyone, especially my family. So let's just hope that the evil uh, dictator that is Vladimir Putin calms the fuck down, which he probably won't, but let's hope he does and doesn't go forward with his threats. Today is September 21st, 2022, and the last time I checked Twitter, he had just delivered some kind of nationally televised speech in Russian, um, basically threatening nuclear war more seriously than he had done before. So that's fun for everyone. Uh, Vladimir Putin, if you're listening, I know you are. <laughs> that Sorry, that's so fucking corny, but whatever. Just I hope he calms the fuck down. But anyway... I really wanted to talk about this a few weeks ago and I fucked up because my house, why did, why would I just stutter saying house? I think it's because I have a townhouse. So I'm like, can I call it house? It doesn't matter. You guys don't need to know this exact specifics of where I live. You know, I'm pretty sure everybody knows I have a townhouse. Same difference. Uh, my home was being renovated and I'm glad I did it because I don't want to have a newborn baby and still be thinking about the renovations I want to do. And I don't want to have a baby and be trying to do renovations also. I mean, renovations are headache enough. So I was like, let me just get this shit over with. It's, I know it's still not healthy to be like inhaling paint fumes and, you know, cement debris and stuff like that. Um, so I tried to do as little as possible of it. I hired someone to help me. And in total, I only spent about $2,000 to redo my, to redo three bathroom floors and redo my kitchen. Um, and that's including labor and all of the materials and stuff. So I feel pretty good about it because I literally spent like a month researching different tiles and tile patterns and contractors and like everything. Um, and I mean, just to redo a kitchen alone, if we're going to get new cabinets, you're looking at at least ten, fifteen thousand dollars because this shit is so expensive and it makes no sense to me that like, even in a market like this, the housing market, I don't really know what's going on. It's slowing down. Interest rates on mortgages are very high. They're keep, they keep going up. People are not really buying homes as much. Prices keep decreasing. My home has still increased, so whatever, but no, but like, it's a weird market, right? And like the, yet the pricing for construction is higher than it's ever been, which is just my fucking luck. I always try and buy things when they're the most expensive. That's when I seem to need them the most. But anyway, it was a very consuming process. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you to be researching like tile patterns and all this stuff. And I didn't end up going with exactly what I wanted because it would have cost like at least $5,000 just for the floors. But I got something that I think is nice. And when I sell my house, it'll add value to it. And I think it's classy. It feels kind of like vaguely European. It's kind of like a the tiles that I picked are like a slate. They look like a natural stone. Nobody cares. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk about this. The point is I wanted to talk about this a few, a few weeks ago. And there was construction debris in my office. And I was a lazy piece of shit and decided that that was a good enough excuse for me. And I wasn't going to do it. And my brain was just so literally so consumed with like 
going to Home Depot, getting the right type of grout, getting the right type of like subfloor cement boards, all this bullshit that it was hard to focus. It was hard to focus. My baby brain is so bad right now that like I, I really have to not even force myself to do things, but like it's, I'll want to do them. And like, I, I just don't have the mental capacity to really do it. It's like, it's not even like when you're just in a normal state of like, you know, you're not pregnant, you're not hungover, you're not anything. You're just, you're, you're, you, you know, when you're in like, you're a normal state and you force yourself to do something or you force yourself to work out and you feel better. This is this, what I'm experiencing. This is not that, like, I can't really force myself because my brain is like, I can't remember things. Like I feel like a fucking idiot sometimes. So whatever. Um, where was I with this? Oh yeah, it's fall. And this is what I wanted to talk about in the beginning of September, but it's still relevant. Cause not even October yet. It's pretty much, it just turned fall. I think fall starts when like the beginning of like the middle of September. I feel like it's, it's just now. And me personally, this is my favorite season. Obviously talking a lot about weather isn't exactly the most exciting topic in the world, but I think there are some entertaining things about fall specifically in 2022 and potentially beyond that. And potentially, you know, since like maybe like 2016, 2017, over the last five years and going forward that I do think make fall a particularly relevant season and a particularly fetishized season. And I noticed it one, because I have a lot of time on my hands lately and I, I do be (laughs) going to a lot of different stores for no reason. Um, no, but like I was at Marshall's, you know, buying like baby stuff or something or like socks. I don't remember what I was buying something that wasn't like super pressing. So I could just roam around and look around. Um, and I noticed like a few weeks ago that already it was, you know, the end of August and the pumpkins were out the little like glass ornament things that they have at Marshall's were out, uh, the glass ornament pumpkin things that no one really knows what to do with. Sorry. I can't remember if I said that already because this is my second time recording this sort of intro. Um, because the first time I just felt like I was warming up and I didn't like it that much. Anyway, I was at these stores like Marshall's, TJ Maxx, Ross, you know how it is when you are essentially a stay-at-home mom without children, just looking to fill your days with minor tasks. Uh, I was at these places and I'm like realizing that all of the fall stuff is already out. All the Halloween stuff is already out. And did I buy some? Yes, because the temptation to participate in decorating my house in a autumnal-like fall manner is very strong, especially when I think about last year, I'm like, maybe the fall stuff was also out just as early and I just didn't notice it because I was literally in the strip club pretty much every day. And if I wasn't at the strip club, I was going out or I was like thinking about what trip or designer bag I was going to buy next. And I just, I mean, I wasn't really in a laser focused state, but I just wasn't thinking about like decorating my house or like really spending any time at my house or nesting in any capacity whatsoever. So I'm sure it was out as early last year, but I'm still going to say that fall fandom and fall pandemonium, pandemonia, whatever, uh, it does feel like it creeps up earlier and earlier every year. Kind of, It's kind of like the start of fall is like a second Christmas 
if you were to look at the excitement that fall brings on social media and like TikTok and stuff like that, if you are on my side of TikTok and get spoon fed so much different fall content from like fall decorating vlogs to fall recipes to just pumpkin spice latte reviews to whatever, it does seem like the excitement around this time in particular, it's like a second Christmas. It sort of brings with it a similar feeling of like warmth and comfort, even though for most people it's still like scorching outside. I mean, it's like literally 93 degrees in Atlanta right now. I think like I'm, I'm literally recording this without a shirt on because it's so hot and like, anyway, I'm not turning the air conditioning on right now. Just it's whatever side note, but it's still super hot usually. And yet we like are so excited to just blast our air conditioning and like sip our pumpkin spice lattes. And I think not only is that part funny, but most of us also, like unless you live on a farm and if you do, then this is not for you. But I'm assuming most people who are listening to this do not live on farms and they don't really grow their own food. And I mean, I don't, I go to the grocery store, like I, whatever. Most of us are very removed from any sort of harvest season. Like, Again, we don't grow our own food. We don't really pay attention much to the land around us beyond how much we need to turn our thermostat up or down. And I found this article that I think kind of articulated some of the thoughts that I've had around fall much better than I would have thought to articulate them. Like I kind of just started to notice these funny things happening around this time of year And I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm just being crazy, whatever. But the article was in the cut. It came out a few weeks ago. It's by Catherine Jezer Morton. And it's called, Why Do Moms Love Fall So Much? And I posted about this on my Instagram story. And I said, you know, I would argue that it's not just moms, but it's everyone, most people. And in the piece, she essentially says that, well, she makes the comparison to how in our current social media, you know, TikTok and Instagram reel, age of global warming and political chaos most of us prefer a season like fall which brings with it order and organization you know kids go back to school work routines start up again fall is the perfect time to make all of your social media content and post your tiktoks of organizing and decorating and all of that stuff it kind of gives all of that more of a purpose and we prefer that over a season like summer that is pretty much hectic in every way like kids are off of school temperatures are higher than they've ever been like over 100 degrees every day there is less routine everything is sweltering and while there's some like romance to that concept the reality of it is like kind of painful most days day in and day out to just be trapped in this like sweltering heat unless you're one of the lucky few who can like spend their summers in New England like I don't know or in the Hamptons or something like that Um, and even then it's still really hot and the idea of it and the romance of it is, is usually not exactly the reality of it. So essentially, most of us have made the switch now, even though the temperatures are at least where I am, literally just as high, but we've made the switch mentally now to this season of order and organization versus summer, which is more about chaos, liberation. I don't know, liberation kind of sounds like I'm 
trying to make a bigger point than the point actually is, but you know, it's like summer's chaotic and fall is organized. And I guess the thing that is most interesting to me is like fall is essentially balance being restored and a season that I guess like it kind of allows all of our menial routines, like going back to work, going back to school, cleaning our homes, decorating our homes, doing things like for the children in our lives, whether it's like getting ready for Halloween or whatever, it kind of allows all of our menial routines to be glorified and like put on a pedestal and seen as something that is not only important, but something that's special. And of course, we all want to feel special. And so it makes sense to me watching most of us in the general consensus switch from summer being the ultimate fantasy season to fall. And maybe that's also now because I'm a grown up and I don't have summer vacation anymore and whatever. Even though I did always look forward to planning my outfits when school started again, but that's also besides the point. But maybe that's just because I don't have summer break now and whatever, and I'm an an adult and I pay for air conditioning and I would rather it not be 105 degrees out. But it makes sense that in general, the consensus has flipped, especially when you look at how fall translates on social media, which is that it is literally the perfect season for social media. And so she writes this. I want to read this little passage. I'm currently blocked from actually viewing the article again because I have run out of my free articles per month on (laughs) New York Magazine and I refuse to pay for a subscription. But the good news is I copied and pasted this paragraph because I wanted to remember it. So this is uh, the way that the piece kind of concludes. So I will leave it here. I guess I'm okay with fall being our fantasy season now, but I do wonder what we might lose. The fantasy of summer has always been about a feeling of immediacy, of living in the moment, being so caught up in the joy of a sunny day that you lose yourself in it. These feelings can't be captured on screen. Fall is about ex- Ugh, sorry. Fall is about executing plans, beginning new projects, organizing your life, activities that lend themselves quite well to digital documentation. Crafting social media content is a fall-like mindset. You accomplish a little task with each post, which you get a, which I'm so, I can't read. I don't know. Maybe I'm like disassociating. I can't even read a paragraph. (laughs) I'm almost done. You accomplish a little task with each post for which you are rewarded. It feels kind of good, but not as good as summer used to feel. Now, maybe that's a little dramatic. Maybe it is a little dramatic, but who cares? Who cares? Truly, it's a big business. Fall is a huge fucking business. And this is the one last thing I want to touch on on this season or when it comes to this season. Pumpkin spice, flavored things, pumpkin spice in general. I listened to like a science-based podcast about this spice in particular because I was trying to understand it more. Because most people, like, you don't really walk around every day being like, oh, I'm just craving pumpkin pie. Like, I just wish I could have some pumpkin pie. No one even really likes pumpkin pie that much last time I checked. Like, most of the time, when they put the pumpkin pies out at the grocery store when it's Thanksgiving or around the holidays, I feel like people don't even buy them as much as the other pies. Like, at the Thanksgiving table, 
there's a couple weirdos who love pumpkin pie. Like I personally actually really like pumpkin pie, but it's not a food that like we fetishize and pumpkin spice isn't even really pumpkin flavored. It's the spices of pumpkin pie. Anyway, regardless, I listened to this podcast about the science behind pumpkin spice in an attempt to like gauge what I was missing with the business of pumpkin spice and the fandom around it. And honestly, even these food scientists and these alleged experts, they didn't even really have an answer. Their best explanation and the best explanations that I walked away with was like, it's nostalgic, I guess, but it's only nostalgic because we've made it that way. And it kind of gives you this warming feeling because it has, you know, things like cinnamon and cloves and ginger. And that warming feeling is called chemothesis, 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 whatever chemo something. Um, and that's this sensation of being warmed by these spices. It's like chemically related to the same spices spice that, you know, something like hot peppers would give you, which is this minor, like tingling, burning sensation followed by pleasure. But to say that we love pumpkin spice because it gives us a lot of pain followed by pleasure, I think is, is, frankly ridiculous like it's a fucking sweet latte with eight pumps of 12 pumps of sugar in it it's not giving you spicy pain followed by pleasure that's not why people like it and yet in 2019 and this is the last year that I could find Nielsen data for and Nielsen is like a giant consumer behavior marketing management firm they get data on literally and analytics on like every product, anything you could imagine and then sell it back to companies. 2019 is the last year that I could find data for. In 2019 alone, pumpkin spice flavored grocery store products. So that's not even like the other pumpkin spice flavored things that you see like deodorant or body wash or candles or whatever. This is like just edible grocery store products. That's probably not even counting what Starbucks makes because Starbucks isn't really like a grocery store. I don't know. But in 2019, pumpkin spice grocery store products raked in $511 million. That's over half a billion dollars for this season alone, for pumpkin spice alone. That is a lot of fucking money. That is so much money that we should frankly be embarrassed at how much money that is that we are spending on something called pumpkin spice. That's billions of dollars if you add it up over the last few years that is that have been spent on something that is objectively not that good. Like, be real. Be fucking for real. Pumpkin spice is not... It's not that good. But I still fucking eat that shit up like I went to Trader Joe's last week and they have all of this pumpkin spice flavored stuff and I couldn't resist I got pumpkin spice bagels I wanted to get pumpkin spice cheesecake it's just me living in my house so I didn't get the fucking whole pumpkin spice cheesecake but you know what I'm saying anyway but it makes me question like is our love for this spice a desperate attempt to find like comfort in this increasingly chaotic evil brutal, difficult world is our affinity for it an attempt to find comfort in all of that? Or is it genuinely delicious? I mean, I think it's both. I definitely think it's both. I guess we're just like grasping at any straws of comfort in this fucking world that we have created for ourselves that is not the most comfortable to live in. It's also very possible that I am just spending too much time on 
social media, aka mostly just TikTok, and I really am just like grasping at fucking straws here to try and make some kind of thesis out of a season that, you know, just happens. It just happens every year and it's not that special and it's not that exciting. And most people who actually have other bigger things going on in their lives are not worried about the intersection of fall and TikTok. And what I would say to those people is fair enough, fair enough. I mean, even pumpkin spice, like if you really want to break it down, Yes, it makes billions of dollars. Yes, it's ridiculous, whatever. But it's really just like the carcass of a pumpkin pie. Pumpkin spice is, I just thought of this. So I, this is my, I get full credit. Pumpkin spice is really, unless someone else has said it, but whatever, I don't know that someone else. Pumpkin spice is literally just the carcass of a pumpkin pie. It's not that exciting and it's not that appealing unless you rebrand it into cute little candles and trinkets and cinnamon buns and ice creams and whatever. And then it seems like something that is new and worth buying, I guess. And I guess that's the whole point is to make things that are worth buying. And while this is, I guess, the last thing I'll say on this subject, and then I want to talk about one other really dumb thing, but Is it stupid potentially to analyze the intersection of pumpkin spice and fall and TikTok or social media in general? Yes, it is very stupid. But do I think that it is only going to increase as time goes on? And by it, I mean our affinity for a season like fall, our affinity for organization videos, our affinity for get ready with me, fall pumpkin spice latte videos. I think those things will only continue to become more and more a part of most of our daily lives because, and this is my theory that I can't remember where I got it from, but something that I've been thinking about, the evolution of media and platforms like TikTok, I think are just a reaction to our human desire to like perpetually scratch that itch for more like more access to people, more access to others, more insights into just what other people are thinking and the human condition, more feelings of closeness, even if that closeness is completely fake and contrived because you're staring at your phone, looking at people that you don't know at all. And obviously that is where it can get a little spooky because we think we know these people that we don't. We think we have a level of closeness with people that we see on the internet that doesn't really exist. And rationally, we know it doesn't exist, but sometimes something happens on social media also, and this is actually a perfect segue. I didn't really know how I was going to talk about this, but this works. But sometimes also like something, somebody will post something that just fully pulls you out of the intimacy illusion that is a platform like TikTok, which is such a portal into the lives of everyday people and like their work routines and whatever. And obviously it's not hundred percent real. Everyone knows that the camera is filming, that the iPhone is filming, but it's still a lot more real. It feels like, and a lot less made up and a lot less edited, especially cause like 
you can't facetune your TikTok videos. I mean, I guess you could, there's facetune video, but if you're doing that, you're doing too much. And the filters even on TikTok are not as face like changing as the Instagram filters. It's if you come on TikTok, always done up with a filter on, you're not going to be taken. You're not going to become a huge creator that's taken as seriously. I don't think because you're not letting people see, you know, quote unquote, see into your regular life as much. It's just not a platform for being fully done up all the time. All the biggest creators that I know on there, you see both sides of their life. And obviously the less glamorous side is still contrived and it's still for a public audience, but it's just not as dolled up and glossy as the peak age of Instagram was. But anyway, every once in a while, you will see something, a piece of content, a video that pulls you out of this contrived form of intimacy and this illusion that TikTok brings. And that piece of content for me recently has been Kylie Jenner's TikTok videos. They're so fucking annoying. I'm sorry. They're so annoying. And I know it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter that they're annoying. There's always going to be millions, billions of people that watch them. Fine, whatever. But seeing someone who is a billionaire engage in such a level of rehearsed vulnerability, which we all do if you're active on social media, like most of us do that. But seeing someone who is so removed from most of regular people would consider reality and also so not vulnerable usually try to convey this vulnerable version of herself in this rehearsed way is so cringy and repulsive to me because it's a level of fakeness masquerading larping as you know, being super real and genuine. Meanwhile, there's like a crew of camera people and makeup artists and hairstylists and whatever right behind her while she's filming these videos that are like, if you're not familiar, the first one that got a lot of backlash was she was in her car trying to emulate what regular people do, which is like film videos in your car because you're in your car driving yourself a lot, or maybe your house isn't like the best place to be filming videos because there's other people there or it doesn't really look nice or whatever. Like people film a lot of videos in their car. Car TikTok is a thing. So I guess Kylie tried to copy that and sell one of her lip kits in her car by trying it on. And she like dropped her phone in what felt like a really fake not accidental way to see more relatable like oops I dropped my phone but it it just came across as completely diabolical like that's dramatic but it just that two minute long video however long it was just completely erased the makeup of social media for me like the mask of it and just like suddenly (laughs) it looks so stupid because it's like here is this person trying to be so relatable in like the worst way possible to sell you a product, even though she's a billionaire and you probably are living on like $2,000 a month, maybe like, or less, but she's trying to tell you she's just like you in her car that she drives herself. And it just, 
I guess amplified this feeling that had been like slightly eating away at me but not really but kind of this idea of like if everyone is real then no one is real and that's been said before but with this age of rehearsed vulnerability that we're in and like hyper vulnerability where everyone is the realest person and this is real talk and whatever like if everyone is real no one is real like everyone is performing this version of reality and there is this like weird perverse pleasure that I personally get from watching someone who has so much money and has been so successful on social media like be kind of hated on a different platform and she's not really helping herself I mean I don't even know if she could help herself but it's like every time she tries to be relatable with a different copy and pasted version of you know quote-unquote relatable typical TikTok content like a get ready with me video it is seen as even more obtuse and just ridiculous because here she is like standing in this million dollar closet with all of this designer stuff and it's just not it's not giving what it's supposed to give you know it's almost like if you are somebody that is hyper rich and lives this life of extreme luxury you almost have to deploy and I'm going to use a fancy term here that I learned recently but it's like you almost have to kind of like use something called like a blue ocean strategy which is essentially where you go against the tide of what is already successful in your field and if somebody like Kylie Jenner or another super rich celebrity were to get on TikTok and just fully lean into their like the ridiculousness of their life of their life and the personal chefs and the everything that they have i mean i personally feel like that would be so much more interesting to watch and it would actually be genuine it would feel to me at least more genuine than whatever the fuck this is that they're doing but that's just my opinion truthfully i'm not that bothered by it i actually feel like i'm finally entering into a part of this year that i'm beginning to enjoy like this whole year has been just on a personal note this whole year has been like kind of a giant shit show like just from the beginning and I will take full responsibility that I brought that energy onto myself like I started the year well it wasn't eh. I started the year by being um, ghosted on New Year's Eve by a man who I thought like was going to move into my new house with me. It's fine. Anyway, and I just ever since then, like there's been moments where it's been cool. Like when I went to Aspen and we rented this super luxe Airbnb and this guy took me shopping at Chanel and like shit like that. It was like it was cool, whatever. It was like a few days that was that were cool. But the chaos that ensued after those moments and between them was almost like I don't even know if it was worth it but ever like that was in you know end of January February whatever and then March my birthday and then with this pregnancy like it's been just stressful and hard to enjoy and also really fucking weird for me personally because like I'm in my third trimester now and like literally when I go out most people don't think I'm pregnant like, unless I'm wearing, like, a bodysuit, which I don't go out wearing a fucking bodysuit, people don't think I'm pregnant. And it's weird to be, like, so far along in this thing and just still 
like living like looking looked at like a normal person living your normal life it just makes me wonder like how many times in my life have I you know crossed paths with someone who was pregnant and not even realized that she was pregnant but I do feel like I'm finally able to start enjoying my pregnancy because my baby shower is going to be in like a month and I finally know the gender they confirmed it I'm not telling anyone yet though so I'm like working on the nursery and like planning all of that stuff that's like kind of fun you know and you don't really get to do it it's not like you get to do that every day or every year or whatever it's like little moments that I mean yeah I could have more kids and it's not a once in a lifetime thing we'll see I don't know but for now it's like something that's new and like kind of fun so I've kind of been consumed with that, especially now that all of the construction and like heavy lifting shit is over. And it also kind of feels like with the marathon that is pregnancy, I can like finally see the finish line and all of this isolation and like fear, even that my mom won't even be able to come and visit me because like there's still a vaccine mandate for international international travel to the US and Canada and all this stuff like all of these fears and this isolation is like finally starting to not necessarily go away, but it's way more manageable because I can like see the end, you know, like soon I will not be alone really ever, which I'm probably going to hate sometimes, but it's fine. And then also, I know you guys don't want to hear me talk about the fucking vaccine. This shit is done. Nobody cares. I don't care either, but really great news for Canada and the U S hopefully There's so many rumors that by the end of September, the vaccine mandates will officially be lifted for international travel to both countries. So I'm really praying that that's true. It feels like for some people, I know it didn't affect people at all. Um, For me, it pretty much changed my whole life, to be honest. Uh, Like there was a vaccine mandate for going into restaurants and stuff like that in Toronto And even before then, you know, I lost my job just with the pandemic. But even with the vaccine mandate, I was like, well, I'm not going to go back. And like, I'm not I can't even go to restaurants. So how the fuck am I going to do my job? I was like, I'm just completely switching. I'm not doing this. I'm not I'm not doing it. I'm just going to wait it out. And it took three years, but I'm glad that. Well, I guess like two years, whatever. I'm just I'm glad that it finally like all of the finish lines feel like they are approaching and after this year, which really has just been like a mentally stressful year, a mentally taxing year, whatever, I'm extremely grateful for the me- being mentally taxed or whatever, because it's led me to a much better place. But after all the bullshit of this year, I am very grateful. I can see the finish lines. They are gleaming and glistening right off in a couple months. So that's beautiful. And I know this is not usually how I finish this shit, but I also need to say everyone stay safe please. So much stuff is going on in Atlanta everywhere. Rest in peace, PNB Rock. I obviously didn't know him at all, but what a tragic, terrible situation for somebody that seemed like he was just about to come back. Like I watched his interview that he did with academics literally before, like hours before I found out that he was dead. Like I, I didn't even know he was shot. I just like put it on because I was like I want to listen to something I was like I looked through all the podcasts I listened to I was like I don't know any of these people I was like oh but I know PNB Rock like whatever I'll just listen to it and um yeah it seemed like he was literally just about to come back and he was super talented even if he wasn't talented he wouldn't have deserved that though but just really fucking sad 
just be safe. Please don't post your locations. Don't go places with people that you don't trust, that you don't know. Share your location with people that you do trust if you can. Yesterday, I was going to record an episode and I found out that my friend Alani Lenore has been... I don't even know how to say it. I feel like I just completely have disassociated today to get through the day. But the police believe that she was murdered, which is like, I don't know, beyond evil and horrific. Um, It's sad when you like, (coughs) I'm sorry, think that it's almost like I wish it was like, I don't wish it was sex trafficking or something but like I wish that they had come to some conclusion that she was still alive you know and somewhere so I don't know I don't know but um it's just disgusting because the girl that she was with I think her name is Tori uh posted sent someone a a voice message this evil voice message that was like laughing and she's like well clearly I'm smarter than like Lonnie because I'm here and she's not like who the like just disgusting literally made my blood run cold when I heard that so um some really evil shit out there and Fruity aka Alani was a very trusting genuine person you probably thought this bitch literally like this fucking cunt was her friend uh I don't know if she actually thought that but like Fruity was is was I guess a genuinely good person so it's sad when you trust people and they completely fuck you over Um, the crazy thing is that girl, Tori, the police think she's not involved. I'm not a private investigator. I don't fucking know. She doesn't seem innocent to me though, because the way that you, that's not how you talk about your murdered friend. Like it's just not. So regardless of whether or not they decide to lock her up, I feel like there's some street justice or something that has to come to like to a situation like that. It's just, you can't, I don't know. So anyway, if you see her, that girl, Tori, don't fuck with her ever. Um, but yeah, just stay safe. Don't fuck with people like that. And I guess also stay dangerous. That's all. <laughs>